0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the she in emotional.
1: Mm. (laughs) My name is Summer Yeager.
0: I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy, and um, I meant to do last week's (laughs) her in this episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, we switched, but...
0: My brain... I mean, obviously, you guys, I spend a lot of time on these. I put a lot of thought, and what a bummer. Everything's messed up. <laughs> Let's just quit
1: doing this podcast. Um, I have something I want to talk to you about. Oh, great. Okay. I'm, ready. Uh, I'm Joy, and yes. this is my beautiful co host that I'm sitting here with, Summer. Um, and so I heard about this thing because um, you know how the job workforce Mm. is an interesting topic at the moment and Mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of demand for workers. So there's a lot of companies offering incentives to people who might even, I've heard of incentives even just for applicants. Wow. Not even necessarily people they ultimately hire. How
0: are people going about not working?
1: I, well, (laughs) I think there's an answer to that that I, yeah, Mm-hmm. Ugh, that just makes me sad <laughs> but um yeah so there <laughs> i saw this thing <laughs> i saw that there were taco bells that were offering um the incentive of cell phone breaks what what is a cell phone break how is that different from a regular break it's like a smoker's break though what's a smoke it's extra It's on top of yes, because you, if you're a smoker, you are I guess in some capacity. (laughs) I don't know legally if you are, but you like get extra breaks or wow, whatever. Not know that. Um, And so basically, there are. I'm assuming their break structure stays the same. They probably get a 15 minute and a Taco Bell probably like a 30 minute. And then if you work eight hours, you probably get well. When I worked retail, it was always like two fifteens um, and a half an hour for a full day, like yeah, an eight hour shift. For us it was two tens and an unpaid thirty. Okay. Okay. But um yeah, so basically it's fifteen it's a fifteen minute break where you just get to go on your phone. So are we admitting that
0: phones are an addiction now? But what I realized is
1: I was like, Okay, so basically what you're telling me is that everyone in this country for a very long time smoked (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And then once we realized how bad it was, how horrible it is for you and then how evil, like the tobacco industry is, uh, try and I mean, (laughs) they're not like evil in this, like this, they're evil in the sense that they're selling you, right uh, idolatry right (laughs) now obviously if you make cigarettes an idol then that's not real i mean marlboro's not ultimately i anyway whatever (laughs) so the basically my what i'm what i'm suggesting is (laughs) that we created cell phones just in time (laughs) to figure out how bad (laughs) cigarettes were for you um, because of the idle factory the nature <laughs> of our, Thanks. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Um, cause it's really not funny, but I just, I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. And if you think about it, those two things kind of line up.
0: Yeah. Cell phone
1: technology mm-hmm. and the realization that smoking is really bad for you. And obviously there's a little overlap.
0: They pretty much came <laughs> about at the same time. Right. And now we have something else addicted to do with our hands and our yeah. brains. Mm-hmm. And we do totally use them to like calm ourselves.
1: or are escapists. Right. Wow. That's cool. And like, oh, like at a long, a long day of work with the one thing that I'm looking forward to, man, just got to make it to the next cell phone. Break. Yeah.
0: I just need to sit down and scroll. Leave me alone. Like, I just need a cigarette. I just need a scroll.
1: Right. Oh, No.
0: Man, you know what's funny about you mentioning this? (laughs) As I was walking back from a bathroom break, Uh I was thinking I could make dinner tonight, but I really want Taco Bell. (laughs) Oh, just like a very random,
1: see, thought for about for the better part of a decade wanting Taco Bell was also a total mystery to me yeah and then the last time I was pregnant I was like I really would like Taco Bell which is not something I had thought I only want Taco Bell when I'm pregnant
0: I don't know what it is but if I'm not pregnant I genuinely won't even think about talk Taco Bell I mean when there's like real food <laughs> really <laughs> you know but man a crunchwrap
1: supreme just hits when you're pregnant Ooh, a crunchwrap that's the best thing they have i there. know and when you're pregnant it's just like there's nothing there's nothing better there n- than no
0: <laughs> i know and for whatever reason i just have to be pregnant to remember that i like it i don't know that's so interesting what are we doing when we're done <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have to go to the bank on the way right home, which is talk right about? next to
0: Taco Bell. <laughs> I mean, is there really any? I am pregnant. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
1: The Crunchwrap oh. Supreme's calling your name. Is it
0: my turn to eat? Well, I'm glad
1: we at least agree that there's nothing else worth no. ordering from Taco Bell other no. than a Crunchwrap Supreme. Why would you go to Taco Bell and get anything? I else? know they have breakfast now and stuff, but no, I just thank can't. You. What I'm imagining, I cannot wake is up like, and <laughs> eat Taco Bell. Well, I think you're admitting something if you wake up and eat Taco Bell, which is that your day is over. <laughs> but for some reason, I think I imagine you never even tried. I imagine like the wrong thing. <laughs> for taco bell i just imagine like like <laughs> like a taco but with like syrup on it oh no I imagine just the worst Mm-mm. combination of foods Mm-mm. um no thank you what do they have for breakfast <laughs> i don't there? know is it like a break i mean i would assume it's like a breakfast taco listen but the
0: last thing why am
1: i imagining like a pancake folded like a taco shell
0: (laughs) because i feel like that's what mcdonald's tried when they did like that they they did that like biscuit with a pancake or something i don't know i have not been to a mcdonald's and i couldn't even tell (laughs) you the last time i had that place but anyway i'm thankful that i don't crave that when i'm pregnant because just i can't (laughs) even imagine oh my poor son he had never had a big mac and he was like really wanting to try a Big Mac. Uh-huh. I mean, just mm. no one could have been more curious yeah, about the experience of a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. And then he finally got it and he said it was gross.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I
0: was like, you know what? I've never had one, but I believe that.
1: I think <laughs> it's like there's nothing wrong with the concept of yeah. a lot of fast food. Sure. Sometimes there really is something wrong with the concept of fast food. Yeah. Well he (laughs) said it wasn't good. Chicken fries. And you're like, no, (laughs) No. just make it normal shaped. (laughs) Like it doesn't a nugget does not need to become more convenient for me. It's like it's in its most convenient convenient form. Yeah. It's one dollar and you'll give me forty (laughs) five. It could not be more
0: convenient at this point I really
1: wish this was in a fry cup instead of a (laughs) nugget box. But I think I noticed that we, yeah, there's just a quality difference. And I think if you, um, well, last week we talked about seasons. So if yeah. you're in like a McDonald's season, a Big Mac may taste delicious to you. But if you're in like, if you're in like a, like a Smashburger season, yeah. Big Mac's going to be a definite downgrade. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely... Smashburger is much better. But anyway. Matthew had uh, Domino's the other day. Ugh. And um, normally if we order pizza lately, which we don't do it a lot, but we'll get um, either the Costco cauliflower pizzas. Those are delicious. They're actually good. But we'll go to like um, Mellow Mushroom Mushroom. or Barrow's. And (laughs) Matthew's like, I grew up eating Domino's. But after having... Yes. Not Domino's. Yes. Primarily. Yeah. He's like, I'm realizing it's not what. good. I don't know if Gabe's listening to this, but sorry, Gabe. <laughs>
0: Mellow Mushroom. I also mushroom. don't know how
1: much loyalty Gabe has to right. Domino's.
0: Mellow Mushroom is so good. They're Their delicious. buffalo chicken pizza, I, uh, there's nothing better. That is the best. I just love it so much.
1: So we'll stop at Taco Bell, Taco Bell and, and then Mellow, Mellow Mushroom on the way home. <laughs>
0: I think the moral of the story is: the more pregnant I get, the more food I'm going to be well, talking about, and you'll be
1: you'll be able to eat about three bites. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you'll spend like a whole, I know, a few hours just thinking, thinking about, about it, the and food, then and then you're like, oh, I'm full. <laughs>
0: never mind. I know. I'm really not looking forward to that. I have had the worst heartburn ever, but my midwife was like, "Oh, you should just get a thing of papaya enzymes. Just chew on those." Oh, throughout the day. Okay, and so I've been doing that, and it helps a lot. Hmm.
1: When you said enzymes, I kind of just imagined like (laughs) the seeds inside of a papaya. No, no, no. What an enzyme is. I've actually never
0: eaten papaya to my knowledge. Okay, but the enzymes.
1: (laughs) Papaya is good, but I don't think there's a lot of places in. They're
0: kind of minty. The enzymes. Oh. Okay. Um, Interesting. It's almost like eating a breath mint.
1: I know that the. It's all good for you. Well, papaya. Like, I don't really have a papaya connection here in Phoenix, Mesa, right. Arizona. No. But...
0: Well, I'm just saying if y'all out there are having heartburn and you can't eat Tums all day, you can eat papaya enzymes all day. So I recommend it. Really it really
1: sounds preferable to Tums. Yeah. At all.
0: I don't normally get heartburn until like the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but I am this time. And I promise I haven't really been eating Taco Bell. So I don't know...
1: <laughs> yeah someone's gonna be like well well summer, summer. I can tell it's you all that, the
0: talk no I can tell you
1: those crunch wrap supremes are what's giving you <laughs> i'm <major> halfway <laughs> through and i've had it
0: once okay like <laughs> don't write me any emails uh you can leave us a voicemail 470-465-0475 mm-hmm. join book club or just support us at patreon.com slash and uh you can buy your feminism is poison merch at shopsheologians.com I'm still getting emails about our last feminism series so I'm just glad why still I hear you guys
1: in a way so don't I don't think they're
0: done talking about it
1: <laughs> in a way <laughs> I have forgotten we did that I know because that's just how we are
0: is that why our year went from January to <laughs> yes. April mm-hmm. yes okay.
1: that's it that's it got it yep
0: I finally figured it out. And what's so
1: funny is we put so much like time and effort into those. It makes sense that people would be slowly working their way through. And yes, for us, we kind of set that project down. And so we're like, Oh, you guys are still, yes. You guys are still talking about that. Yes. (laughs) It's like, well, yes, of course.
0: (laughs) I forgot. Kind of the point. (laughs) Totally. That that happened. Um, But anyway, um. somebody asked I thought this was an interesting question and maybe we've talked about this but she emailed and she said what is a movie that always makes you cry and I mean I think I shared I think this came from the fact that Toy Story 3 always makes me yeah. cry yeah <laughs> every time Um. but a movie that And here's the thing right now, since I'm pregnant, like everything
1: makes me cry. (laughs) As I've gotten older, everything makes me cry. Yeah. I've become a lot softer. Uh Uh-huh. I think probably after about age, like 26. Mm -hmm. Now some of those are private cries. (laughs) They're not going to be out in public or anything like that. Uh Uh-huh. I really, honestly, at this point, Mm -hmm. a lot of movies, Mm-hmm. make me cry i was watching a kids show with georgia last night okay and it made me cry
0: wow um, and i was like i don't
1: know why i, I don't know why see. i'm crying other than that i'm here in the story yeah and then, yeah yeah, you yeah.
0: Know. um my january had never seen the movie up so oh, yeah, that's we a... watched up the other day, and I absolutely yeah bawled hysterically in the opening monologue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we that's also... a tr- really
1: really great story. <laughs> it's really
0: great. Um, and then we and also I think sorry go ahead. No, you're fine. We also watched um the book thief. Okay, which uh I knew was going to make me cry. I I didn't read the book. But my daughter did and uh, she wanted to watch the movie. So we watched the movie and it's a story It took place during the war right. in Germany, uh-huh. I think, or France or something, World War II. So I knew what I was getting into. Um. So, yeah, that's, I
1: mean, <laughs> I knew I was going to cry. I can't even think of anything specific. If it's sad, I'm crying.
0: <laughs> yes. If it's sad, I'm crying. If it's
1: sad, I'm crying. Like
0: um the thing that makes me cry right now is that I've just been uh watching a lot of like birth videos, not women giving birth, but you uh-huh. know, just like those few moments after birth when like just seeing like the dad see the baby for the first time or right. the mom and I'm just like laying there bawling my eyes out <laughs> like oh. <laughs> uh and then like <laughs> I mean, here's how dumb, here's how much I'll cry at anything right now, <laughs> which was like uh, someone was like, there's this Taylor Swift song and I don't know it, but they were like, listen to this song from the perspective of a mother. And then I just started playing the song and like showing pictures of like moms with their kids. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I knew, I was like,
1: oh, <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, if, if we're going by the last time you cried. <laughs> if that's the actual question <laughs> is what's the last time you cried earlier i cried earlier <laughs> yeah. as well because i i mean obviously i'm not this is not an endorsement but i listened to uh dave ramsey's podcast um and uh you know people do their debt-free screams and every once their in a while, what they people who like pay off a bunch of debt can, okay they can either call in but the particularly emotional ones are usually when they go in to ramsey solutions in tennessee okay and they go on this little stage and like the employees come can come to the lobby and like watch people and so then dave interviews them and he talks about like how okay. they did it and whatever um, and so some of them are very normal, sure. just average people. So this morning I was listening to one and this couple paid off over one million dollars in debt. Wow. <laughs> and then at the end of it, they wow. like they just scream, we're debt free. And when they when they screamed it, I was like, I feel it. <laughs> I feel their freedom their fe- you yes. felt their freedom yeah because that's what it is is it's like yeah. a freedom thing because dave's all about <laughs> like borrower, slaves to the lender but i was just like man yes you guys i'm you did so it. happy for you <laughs> <laughs> <is>
0: so funny
1: <laughs> i like well especially like I think about look- the weight think about the yeah, weight of, a of over dollars. a million dollars in debt yeah, And when they started paying it off, they were making $60,000 a year. Wow. Like, how would you even? Yeah, that feels insurmountable. Right. But they did it. And it makes me... What I realized this morning is when I was crying <laughs> while I was listening to that. <laughs> is I was like, this is the same thing as those, like, Josh Groban shows up and surprises his fans. So oh, I, I always cry. <laughs> I'm like... I'm so stupid. I am... I will cry when it's like a John Cena one. And honestly, honestly, that's the only. I know. I only know John Cena from his shows up and surprises fans. Right.
0: I have no emotional have connection never, to whoever this I've guy is. I've never seen
1: him do anything other than show up. And surprise people. And he's muscly. So like, I know he's a wrestler or something. Is he though? I don't know. I don't know what he does. <laughs> oh
0: the josh groban surprises are <laughs> like when i like go to prom but with you know somebody. what i mean yes
1: like the, i will lose that free screams for me are like they're i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's just the experience you're watching yeah. someone else or i mean oh don't even get me started on like kids like a uh, dads coming home from I can't watch military those. service I those. and I, surprising their kids
0: i, I, I hate those and- videos but if i see four <laughs> seconds of one i am crying
1: or um <laughs> of babies hearing for
0: the oh first time. stop <laughs> or when they get their glasses and they see yeah. their mom's face yes. and oh, you're just man. bawling your yeah. eyes man. out mm. i absolutely yeah so this poor lady just wanted to know what movie <laughs> <laughs> makes us cry and here we are like everything all of it <laughs> Yeah. All of it makes us cry. Yeah. I I could sit alone in my room and hurt my own feelings to tears. (laughs) So, you know, um, I watched Gladiator and cried. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you guys.
1: (laughs) On that topic, today... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe we should talk about what we're here to talk about
0: well we we're we're here to talk about emotions <laughs> yes we are uh so i do i do think that <laughs> man we really that's funny okay um you didn't even
1: mean to set it up that way i did not and see yet, this one are. coming
0: from that movie question <laughs> at all but uh, a topic that comes up for us a lot, or maybe comes up for you guys, and then you float it up our direction. You like toss us this ball. Uh, you send us this balloon with a note attached. Why am I? Oh, because of up. I'm like, why am I seeing floating balloons with ideas being like sent to us right now?
1: That's how it feels. Um, it's a lot. Balloon communication is really a lost <laughs> lost, lost art. art. <laughs> Balloons
0: are also emotional in our house. They, whenever we get balloons, the kids keep one and they name it Balloony and they draw faces on it and they make it live in our house until it completely deflates. Yeah, and then they want to like save the carcass, which is just Mm -hmm. like the
1: empty. (laughs) Well, and sometimes, (laughs) sometimes they're like gross by the end of it. Yeah, I have washed a balloon (laughs) before.
0: (laughs) Talk about emotional problems. Wow
1: wow am i really washing yes i am i'm washing this balloon my
0: kids (laughs) named it so now it's ours forever (laughs) um so hilariously today we wanted to talk about um how your emotions are your own responsibility because many people don't believe that right (laughs) anymore Mm -hmm. and how i know that is how often i am told that I should not have said something because it might've hurt someone's feelings, <laughs> which, um, I, I do think that <laughs> the, I think the default setting of our society is that your emotions are other people's responsibility. And because many Christians are well-meaning and think that we need to love each right. other, which we do need to love each other but they have a weird definition of love, um, th- think that that, that might be right.
1: Well, and even to the extent where they're not, they're not hurt, but they want to step in and make sure that you don't. Someone. Might no, be no one's offended, but they feel the need to step in and let you know. Someone might be. Someone else might be.
0: Right. And so I actually wanted to, I thought this was super interesting. um, because we believe that your emotions are not primarily anyone else's responsibility or doing. Yeah. What does it mean to be responsible for something? Like, what does that even mean? Right. And I think we start off on the wrong foot when we can't define that anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, And we ultimately, we talk about responsibility here a lot we call it minding your own business. Yeah. So if you have business to attend to, that is your responsibility is stuff that you're responsible yeah. for. So it's important to know, like, what is my job? What's my work right. when it comes to what my right. emotions?
0: And um, I thought that it was interesting that when I looked up just like, how do we even just dis- define responsibility? And I'll get to really the big why in a second. But the definition included the the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something. There you go. Or of having control over someone. Brought up an interesting point for me. Uh, Another way to put it was the state or fact of being accountable or to blame Mm. for something. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring that up was primarily because I remember one of my friends getting in a lot of internet trouble. I don't remember when for saying that your kid's sin is your responsibility. Oh, okay. And because we don't know what responsibility means, people were accusing her right. of saying something ins- of saying something <laughs> insane. Right. Um, And so the question is, are you responsible for your children or not? now, what my friend wasn't saying was uh, you will answer on judgment day for your children's right. sin. Mm-hmm. What she was saying is that you are responsible for your children. Right. And by the definition, the I mean the boring, very boring. I just read you guys a, a dictionary definition. I hope you're still awake, but by the very <laughs> boring dictionary definition, you do have a duty to deal with, with your children and you are to have a certain amount of control over them. So that got me thinking about what is our emotional responsibility uh, within the home, because we do believe that we are responsible for our own emotions. But when you see your child uh, not dealing with their emotions or having a sinful emotion reaction, things like that, it is your duty to deal with that. Mm-hmm. It's your duty to help them uh, navigate that. Uh, it's your duty to, you know, what are fathers told? They're told not to provoke their children mm-hmm. to wrath. That is a duty. That is a responsibility we have towards theirs, em- towards their emotions. And so, we would argue biblically. That there is a, res- a structure of emotional responsibility in the family. So, for example, I absolutely believe that my husband will have to answer for me and the children right. in a way that I won't have to answer for him. So I will not have to answer as his head, as any sort of representative for him. Right. I won't have to answer for... How I washed him with the word. Right. Um, I will have to answer for my behavior mm-hmm. towards him. Did I do my duty towards him? Did I love him? Did I respect him? Um, I will have to answer for how I stewarded my children. Um, but it does seem apparent to me that there, from scripture, that there is a larger burden on fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what's been placed under their care. Same thing with pastors, yeah. right? So we've been told they will be judged. They will have to present an entire flock mm-hmm. to the Lord and say like, this is what I did yeah. with these people that you put under my care. So what I'm getting at, and maybe a long-winded way, is that there is a structure of emotional responsibility within the family that I think we have messed up and let loose in the world because of how we view the state. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. You and I are big on spheres of Mm -hmm. sovereignty. Yeah. So we believe in Mm self-governance, which you never call it that. You call it something else. You never say self-governance. You say self, it'll come to you. There's your governance of yourself. There's the way you govern. There's the governance of the family, Mm -hmm. the church and the state. Mm -hmm. I would argue that since we essentially live in a society that wants the state to have govern the governance of the father over the family, um, that we kind of do this kind of weird, gross, like incestuous thing with, Our whole society where instead of believing like mothers and fathers are responsible for their children emotionally, we've given that over to the state. And then since the state took something that wasn't theirs, the state is not responsible for your children's emotions or behaviors or well-being, things like that. We've given that up. It was ours. We've been adulterous. We've given it up to the state we told the state to raise them we put them in we told the state to train them we did this really gross thing in giving that up um and then the state was like you know what everyone's emotions are now my responsibility and here's how you guys are going to deal with your emotions and so because the government has taken over so many of the spheres of responsibility that should have been the families we live under a government that subsidizes fatherlessness. It steps in for fathers that have stepped out. I think feminism had a lot to do with that. The men weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing.
1: So we voted for the government to do it in their place. Um I think feminism created the problem. I think they disarmed men and then they were like, look, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So we're going to so mandate
0: that this, yeah. the government, the state does it for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think like the door has just been kicked open wide for us to think of every single person around us as our first family in this like emotionally intimate way. Right. That we ought not. You know, the kids that you went to public school with in your classroom, like they were your siblings. Right. But they're not. Yeah. Um you can't have an intimate relationship with somebody from a different household, but you're being put in a household essentially right. in the school system. And so like you're
1: the business of another of two separate families.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just confused and it's made us think of other people's emotions as our responsibility in a way that it shouldn't. Um, And it's made us think of our closest neighbor, which should be our family right. as just every person walking around mm-hmm but you are not responsible, right? What does the Bible say that he who doesn't provide for his own family is worse than an unbeliever. Right. We all intrinsically know that, you know, you have more of a responsibility toward your husband than you do towards the mailman, right? This is obvious, right? but we act like, oh, but I'm a Christian. So that shouldn't be true because I love everybody equally it's like well no no <laughs> no no you are not to relate with every person in society right the well, exact and, same way and if you're
1: a believer you can't right you can't relate emotionally um cuz yeah a lot of a lot of the emotional government that we see happening is people trying to regulate shame <laughs> over sin um so you are not going to be able you can try all you want to try to mitigate other people's feelings of shame in regards to their sin, but you can't take away their shame. Right. You can't do that. No. Um, And it is there is Yeah. I think that that in combination with kind of the, kind of the idea that, Ugh, I don't know if I have the words to totally describe what I'm trying to say. Um, We almost... Mm, no, I'm not going to... Okay. No, I'm just not going to... You're going to wait on that one? I'm going to wait until uh-huh. we really... You until I it. really know what I yeah. want to say. That way I'm not just talking to talk. <laughs> That's a good idea. I just think we...
0: It's a strange... We have lost we've lost all idea of priority hierarchy what is appropriate within a family without I think even just the idea that women will share on the internet so much of their familial emotional structure with perfect strangers Mm -hmm. that it it just speaks to this idea that we've we've lost our priority on what should and shouldn't be truly intimate Right? It's no surprise that in a culture where like anything goes and we don't define sexual ethics the way that we should, that we have no idea of like what emotional intimacy should even look like to the point where we so don't know what to do with our emotions that everything has to come with a trigger warning because we are ready to be offended by perfect strangers. Um, And so... I would say a lot of Christians get this wrong because we are told that we should live in such a way that we should live with that. We should be above reproach. Right. Yeah. So a lot of Christians will say, well, you know, this doesn't look Christian or you're going to push Christians away from Christianity. And what about being above reproach? And what about being seen as reasonable to all? Um, But I would say seeking to be above reproach and, and, Means that, first of all, the reproach has to be genuine. So, for example, I might have neighbors that want to malign me and say that I'm a horrible person because I'm against abortion. Mm -hmm. Like, that's reproach I don't need to be above. Like, I should be willing to be Mm -hmm. maligned to take a stance that lines up with God. Like, it's actually in keeping with Christ's character to be thought of poorly by people who love evil. Like, right. That is Christ's character. I should be
1: when all men speak well of you. So
0: I should receive reproach from unbelievers when I am living in opposition to what they love, which is, is evil. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. I don't need to worry about their emotions in that. Right. Like, I don't need to worry because I'm I'm saying uh, what God would say about something. And I right. don't need to be like, oh, trigger warning, like I'm against abortion. You know what I mean? Um, that emotional burden is not actually mine. Um, and I don't think it needs to be more complex within the Christian community. A lot of Christians do get offended when you say that, though. Like they will, they don't want to say something like, because there are people in the pews that have had abortions. Right. So it's like, well, don't say that because that's going to hurt their feelings. But I really don't think it needs to be more complicated. So like when we stand in opposition to the world, we can, it's kind of easy for the Christian to be like, yeah, we shouldn't be too worried about that because we're being biblical. But even so within the Christian community, It still should be easy for us to say, if we're speaking like scripture, that we shouldn't be worried about the emotional burden on other people.
1: Well, and there, you know, obviously sin and being the victim of sin comes with all kinds of feelings and emotions, but you Mm. can't mix up the feeling of like you have to be careful when you're talking about someone feeling shame over their sin Mm. that you don't totally throw out what we actually know about the atonement. (laughs) Right. And if, if you can't, I think that, yeah, I think if you find yourself stepping in to make sure other people aren't hurt, what you're revealing uh, hurt over their past sins Mm. that God has forgiven them for. Mm. (laughs) I think what you're revealing about yourself is that you don't believe that the atonement was sufficient Mm. Um, in terms of the actual legal justice. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually being done away with Mm -hmm. and your sin being forgiven under the death of Christ. And, and what you're saying is I don't want anyone to feel bad for their sin but what's actually happening there it, first of all again that's a fictional person that you're talking about so that's an assumption that falls outside of reality you don't actually know that that's happening so really it's about you but even if you do but even if somebody in the congregation for example does feel shame over previous sin then that the responses for them, they're going to feel that (laughs) in order to be sanctified and discipled, Mm -hmm. um, towards obedience and faithfulness, Mm -hmm. you need to go through, Mm -hmm. you need to, you need to have that moment where you renew your mind and you say, Mm -hmm. when you feel those moments where you're like, Oh, I wish like what an ugly sin. I wish that one hadn't been mine. Mm -hmm. You don't say, you don't you don't bury you yourself be under it, wallowing it again wallowing in that right that's not truth that right. both of those scenarios whether it's act the sh- the feeling bad is actually happening or not mm-hmm. both of those reveal mm-hmm. if not sinful mm-hmm. a misdefined an, right. a poorly defined uh version of what actually takes place when you're saved and then sanctified right and and it's, so it's not even fruitful Mm-mm. and really it reveals more about you mm-hmm. and what you're, what you're thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone actually did come to you and say, man, I really don't like it when pastor so-and-so mentions abortion from the pulpit because I had an abortion, then your job isn't to protect that person's uh, really bad definition of what took place to yeah. their sin yeah. <laughs> when they were saved. Right. right. That it's just bad all around. It's not living right. in reality. It's not living in truth. No. At no. At the end of
0: the day, you should want your pastor to speak out against evil, whether or not you're formerly guilty of it. Right. And if you're still guilty of it, then you need to allow the spirit to work on you in that and bring yes. you to confession and repentance. Yes. So either way, you should want the truth to be proclaimed, yeah.
1: no matter how it bumps into right your feelings especially if you are protecting a fictional person yeah if you are yelling at a real person (laughs) to protect a fictional person start over what she
0: means by fictional person is that person (laughs) that you are afraid might be offended that's
1: not real right they're not real right until you actually know right that they're offended right and even then we just did the caveat for that right but i'm just saying that's not a real person And women do really have this propensity to try to take care of fictional people.
0: Yes. (laughs) Instead of the ones we ought, like we're always managing everyone else's emotions, but our own. Right. Or like helping our children with theirs. We're passing on our own emotional trauma to them. Yeah. Instead of dealing with that, which is our, should be our first priority. Right. I think. And
1: and that's just the, it's just a message that you've, uh, it's sometimes it's a very well packaged message. That unfortunately um, you bought. Mm-hmm. But it comes from the world that has no definition for sin. It has no definition of properly oriented emotions. The only version of emotions that comes from the world is vile and unrighteous mm-hmm. and totally unself controlled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why you're going to get messages like don't ever say anything that could make someone feel bad. Right. Right. It's like, what do you mean? Like, what does that include? Does that include like you're a sinner? Right. Because of course the world wants to teach you to not tell them they're doing anything bad because you right. are light. Right. Of course the darkness wants to say, I need you to just, if you Turn could out just the blot light. out all your lightness, <laughs> that would Turn be great. The <laughs> it's, and then we're it's like, the oh, oh my is my lightness making you feel bad? <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> I think a great emotional work that we should engage in the practice of is being difficult to offend. And I do think that being difficult to offend is a Christian principle, Mm -hmm. right? So when we talk about someone uh, who is steady, right, we should be immovable. We should be um, assuming the best. I think the easily offended, the easily triggered, easily bothered, just quick-tempered are essentially putting themselves – at the center of every interaction and story, right? So sometimes women even want to do that. They want to put that person who might be offended at the center of the story when the story is really about Jesus, what he's done, his work, something else. Um, We all, you know, we're all born wanting to be the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, And, It's easy to, and and it seems, I think the the virtue signal is when it seems like you're putting someone else in the center of the story. right? Like you just really care for the poor and the oppressed and you care for the victims and the survivors. And it's really a spotlight on you and how loving you are and how concerned you are. It's really a card that people pull out. That are like, hey, look how loving and kind and concerned I am
1: for the downtrodden. Especially compared to you,
0: right? Yes, yes, and it's so incredibly prideful. Yeah. Um, and we see we see actually our culture do this on a massive scale. This is what I was talking about with the whole Ukraine flags in the bio. It's just like, look at me, I care. I care about the right things at the right time. Mm-hmm. I care about the downtrodden. This is the the BLM black squares. This is yep. what virtue signaling is essentially. Mm-hmm. It's I'm everyone's mommy mm-hmm. and I am the best mommy. Yeah. And it is not, you are not called to that no you are not capable it's inappropriate it's in thank you that's what I'm saying that's what I was talking about like it's kind of like adulterous or like incestuous or like it's just weird and inappropriate
1: if you were were disciplining your child at church and I like walked up to you and was like (laughs) get out of the way you're you might hurt your child's feelings right this is my job right
0: but what and and you know what no
1: part of you would be like oh she's doing this for my child no
0: (laughs) No, you would absolutely know. Wow, that's really about you. It was really about you. And that's exactly, that's the inappropriateness of the person who is also coming to manage who they think is being offensive. Right. They're also being inappropriate and Mm -hmm. saying, no, no, you ought not speak this way. You ought not do this because someone blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you're not my emotional mother. Right. Like, I am not accountable to you emotionally right. or for the impact of whatever I say um, that's not on you. And so it is a Christian discipline to be difficult to offend because it takes, it, it's the prideful that are easy to offend right. at the end of the day. How do I know it's a Christian discipline because Christians are, are commanded to kill pride. Right. And if you are not prideful, you are not going to be easily offended. Yeah. If you are easily offended, that is absolutely a sign of pride.
1: Yeah. I, uh, the main thing that I kind of uh, touched on in my own notes was something that I, I mean, I don't know if this is the official name for it, but just reactionary sin. Mm. Um, And I was just thinking about how, like the justification of our sin based off of other sin Mm. um, is total. again, to go back to kind of what I was talking about earlier just with a it's really just a bad definition of what the atonement is, of what sin is what it reveals is a total uh, even if it's in the moment ignorance of how this all actually works Mm -hmm. Um, and (sighs) so I, th- when it, you know, we're talking about emotional responsibility mm-hmm. and the number one thing I thought of was reacting to someone sinfully mm-hmm. because they're, you're reacting to their shortcomings or their thoughtlessness or sometimes their own, their actual sin. You're responding to sin. Um, but if you're sinning,
0: you're sinning, you're sinning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and in terms of being responsible, um, uh, I understand, of course, um especially for the wife and mother, uh the sphere of family is very, very important, but what comes before the sphere of family is yourself. Mm-hmm. um, and so there is before meaning what? I just mean like in terms of like um, uh, I guess, size of realm. Oh sure. Like this, yeah. like self-governing versus Yeah,
0: you can't family you can't versus govern church versus Well, in your family, if you're not self-governing first.
1: Right. Yeah. And so you need to be able something that totally is your mm-hmm. within your duty mm-hmm. and your business and your job mm-hmm. is to manage how you respond to people. Mm-hmm. Um whether or not they're in sin or you just don't or, like it. Yeah. You're just annoyed by them. That yeah. Day. <laughs> or, yeah. Or if they've actually sinned against you. Right. And what that means is that there is, if you're responsible when you're s- just, for example, for this example, to its fullest extent, you sin. you sin because someone sins against you. Okay. If we're not supposed to be sinning, Mm-hmm. regardless, mm-hmm. then that means there is an appropriate way to respond to someone sinning against you. Correct. And what that involves mm-hmm. is usually a sober temperament mm-hmm. and not a reactionary one, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why I say reactionary sin. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just double bad. <laughs> right. It's not, we really aren't supposed to be as Christians, um, we aren't supposed to be surprised by our emotions. Mm-hmm. Like all of the um, properly oriented emotions mm-hmm. are even tempered, uh, sober minded, patient, right? Slow to speak, self-controlled. So I think a really good <laughs> litmus test <laughs> is am I, is this emotion springing up in me and taking over me? It's your responsibility as a Christian to be tempered Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. Um, and that means that crazy emotional outbursts or crazy emotional expressions, Mm -hmm. and whether and and that means I don't like that that person said that or that might offend someone. I don't think they should have put it that way. It it applies. Mm -hmm. It really does apply, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that I do. I think the only thing other than that that I felt the need to say is that we really do, <laughs> for everything we've said in this episode, um, at least on my part, I want you to take away that we all need to be tending to our own emotional responsibility mm-hmm. more than the emotional responsibility of others. And I know that seems a little ironic because of <laughs> what we're talking about, but I want to make sure that it comes across mm-hmm. well Um, and, and, uh, basically just say that this is a fight that I fight all of us and that I understand. Yeah. Um, and I guess I just say not to, we're not commiserating in our sin. Mm -mm. I'm just saying, um, I'm not saying all of this as someone who is not attending to my own emotional responsibility.
0: I mean, how could you get through a day if you're not? I mean, it would just be, it would be too oh, much.
1: Uh, Impossible. I would be miserable. N- I can't explain to you the impact of the phrase, what are you doing wrong? Mm. Hmm. Yeah. When something happens that I don't like, or someone says something to me that's not right. Yeah. Legitimately, or maybe I've perceived it's not right or whatever. Yeah. The immediate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just the phrase, Mm -hmm. but what's your thing in this? What did you do at the end of an argument? What are you responsible for? Right. Like what at the end of a day, Mm -hmm. ask yourself, Mm -hmm. what are you responsible for?
0: And again, this is something, if you're having a hard time answering that question to pray about, to seek the Lord. And sometimes you are guilty of sin, that your eyes just have not been open right. to. yeah. Uh, sometimes you have an emotional effect on the tone in your home
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you're just not even, you need your eyes open right. to. Right, you're not you there need, yet. Yeah, and ask that the Lord would be gracious in that. But in every situation that you're involved in, you're... There is the
1: potential for you city.
0: <laughs> you are involved in it, and you are a sinner. So there's... <laughs> something to consider now there are probably i hope for for i hope for everybody that you are constantly involved in situations that you are not adding sin to I, i'm praying <laughs> that you can say that with a clear conscience but i think what we're encouraging you to consider is is that maybe you're not perfect in your responses to people. Right. And
1: and you're certainly, just because it's you, doesn't mean you're entitled right. to your sin. It's very easy to find a way to allow yourself.
0: Oh, yeah. We justify, sin. justifying ourselves as a work of the flesh that we all need yes. to uh, root out in our lives. And there's a lot of really great emotional work for all of us to be engaging in every day um and i understand you know if you weren't raised in a christian home or just like lots of volatile emotions like this is going to be sweaty work yeah this is going to be this could be backbreaking work now the lord might be gracious and you know maybe the second i've i've talked to people who have said you know I got saved and the second I got saved, this was a sin I didn't struggle with anymore. And maybe it was anger, maybe it was right. lust or whatever, but they can say for whatever reason right. that the second they were saved, there was this sin that just the Lord was so gracious and mm-hmm. removing. That is not the case for most of your sin. <laughs> right? And it is going to have to be rooted out like so intentionally and it could be a lifelong process but you can be free like you don't
1: have to be angry (laughs) and that that responsibility that you just Mm. lined like outlined uh takes a lot of time Mm. and energy Mm -hmm. um and it is not going to leave a lot of time for managing other people's emotions that you are not supposed to be managing no, it's helpful if you struggle. Uh-uh. killing your own sin suddenly yeah. makes you, yeah, not so worried about, about other, other people. everyone
0: else's <laughs> sin. And moms, we can tell you, your kids, they listen to you. They listen to your voice, but more than anything, they emulate your actions right. And at the end of the day, you need to be able to, like, I want to come to the end of my life and be able to say to the Lord, hands to the sky, aware that I'm a sinner, that's been imperfect. But that for the kids under my care, I demonstrated to them a certain emotional self-control, gentleness, wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, that that's what I, that's what I let in. Right. Like, how do you, what do you want to lead them in? Because at the end of the day, they are your responsibility, your emotions, as well as your children's. It is your duty to oversee them. It is your duty to ensure, you know, if you see a, a mom in a grocery store and her toddler is on the ground, beating the ground with his fists and screaming. We all know that is the mom's responsibility to deal with. It's not the stranger walking down the aisle. It's you. And your kids' emotions might not look as outwardly obvious as that anymore, but you are still responsible for them. Boy, am I glad I'm not a husband. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) A pastor also? Or a pastor. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. And we will see you all next year. I
1: don't want this responsibility. Don't use me because I don't agree.